We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. They're going to kill the love of my life. Daisy! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Speaking of dieting, your underwear's in the mail. <laughs> this is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, head over to Rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. It is an extra special podcast, not because we have a guest or anything, but because it's an event that is happens once a year, and they've made it extra special this year. It's the Rotowire Birthday Pod. With me, as always, is the fellow birthday boy tomorrow, Andrew Laird. Andrew, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. You sound a lot more excited about your birthday than I am about mine. I have um, I have some activities planned for the first time in a while, so that'll be – and, you know, let, let's, let, let me get into it a little bit here. Um, so our friend John Wallen is going to be visiting Brooklyn tomorrow, and uh, he's like, you know, you want to get together and watch some soccer? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll be at this bar at about this time because uh, uh, we'll get to this in our previews later, but it's also a special day because Chelsea play uh, Arsenal on Saturday at 1230. And furthermore, we play against each other in one of the Taga leagues. I mm-hmm. forgot which one. I think it's the Rotowire Taga league, but I'm not positive. Um, yes, it is. So um, it's 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 a whole lot of Andrew and Mike this weekend. Uh, we won't actually be together. Uh, right. <laughs> but we'll be kindred spirits here. But at uh, so my birthday tomorrow, it's going to start where a friend of mine is a bartender. And that's a dangerous combination, especially when you start at about 12 in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. 
and then there's a big you know a bigger celebration happening at 8 p.m at a different place that's not too far from the original place so basically i can potentially have eight hours of pre-gaming before the big thing happens mm. and john was saying circling back to the story hey uh, would you like to hang out And i'm like I-, I don't know where or what i'll be by the time you're in the city so um you know at your own risk i'll be here at this time have you ever been like that um Probably, but I'm so old now that I. You're three I rarely, years older than. You're gonna be 32. That's actually yeah. older than I thought you were. I thought you were like 21 or something. Like, no, I knew you were older than that. But uh, yeah, the maybe I don't know if it's once you get to my age or when it's really once you have kids that kids just kind of like ruin the ability to have that kind of fun. Uh, and it's most it's not so much that you can't leave your kids and go have that fun. It's the next day where it, you it's, still have kids. It's impossible to be hung over around kids. It, it, it's, just, it, it's the it's the next day when you still have kids. Right. Right. <laughs> and uh, I always kind of joke around um, about that because like, my wife is like, oh, they're, you know, people, you know, if we're like trying to get together with a bunch of friends and it's like, well, we're all going to go out, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I would rather just like consider our uh, like let's just go away for the weekend like i don't want to have to i love my kids but i don't want to wake up at 5 45 probably still drunk because um it's a to me 5 45 is still the middle of the night so if you're trying to sleep off what you drank and you're still in the middle of the night then you should still be drunk but the yeah kids just ruin being able to like go out and get drunk these days Damn kids. <laughs> These days. These days. You used to be able to get drunk around back, your kids and be back fine. in the yeah. good old days when kids didn't prevent their parents from being drunk all day, every day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I watch Mad Men. They were drunk all the time, so. That's right. I don't know what they happened. Were, they were drinking all the time, at least. But that's true. That's true. Maybe they, that's they, the key. Maybe they I built just, up the tolerance. Right. Yes, I should just start the, drinking all day. It's like uh, it's like Bruce Banner and the Hulk. He's always, he's always angry. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I just... But, um, so, my birthday celebration will be uh, a little more tame and a nice uh, a nice suggestion for for all the uh for anyone who's a child of somebody else which is probably most people and those parents that are still that are that are still alive a nice little gesture is to do something nice for your mother on your own birthday because really it's her accomplishment not yours so (laughs) right i actually a friend of mine's son just turned one and i said you know happy birthday to him but hey happy anniversary to you being a dad for a full year that's right that's right. And so today I'm taking my mom out to dinner and we're going to go to one of the one of the many museums in New York City. So that's uh that that that's my that's my nice son feature and basically the calm before the storm that is tomorrow. All right. Speaking of the storm that is tomorrow, we have a full slate of Premier League action. And it is there's a lot of news to get to and we'll get to it when we get to each matchup and uh, we'll also have our daily dose at the end of the podcast. And uh, can we can we can we announce our October news yet or no? Do we have to wait? Um, <clears throat> it's not October, so we're gonna have to wait. We will we will tease the audience. Wait till October. We have <laughs> we have news. Okay. Now, uh, my goodness gracious, it's a it's a birthday celebration, and it gets off to a ringing ringing start at seven thirty in the morning. I'll be awake and probably drinking by then. Uh, it is Manchester United at home against. Leicester City. Are you sure you're not turning 21? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's uh, you know, it's yeah, you know, maybe I am. Who knows? Yeah. Manchester United at home against Leicester City. I didn't say I was drinking alcohol. Um, it's implied. Okay, uh, Leicester have uh, they like like we we mentioned it earlier this week. Uh, they've kind of found a, a new threat in well. They, they didn't really discover it. They paid handsomely for it, but right. they started utilizing their new threat in Islam Soleimani, who can probably cause Manchester United's, you know, smaller center backs some problems, especially in the air, even on the road. And Manchester United, Manchester United of course, coming off three consecutive losses. Um, they're not that small. Just well, because Daly, one's name is Daly Smalling Blind. doesn't mean that they're actually small. Well, Daily Blind is who I was really referring to. And Chris Smalling, to be fair... He can be beaten on set pieces. Yeah. Um, I think Bailly's still out, so he's obviously the one that – the big one that, that's missing. Yeah, but... 
Yeah, that's what I was saying. The likely center back yeah. pairing to me is probably Daly Blind and Chris Smalling. Yeah, it sounds like Luke Shaw could miss out too, which means who knows we'll play left back. Like the I would oh, that, you know, could, that could be Daly Blind again. <laughs> well it could be, but they, but they don't have anybody to play centrally, uh, next to Smalling because Jones uh, is they, out and they could put Fellaini there. <laughs> He's good Fellaini's at Fellaini's so good this season i think the problem is is that uh like last year we saw a bunch of like youngsters come up we saw cameron borthwick jackson tyler blackett um fosu mensa patty mcnair was last year when he was still there donald love Uh, donald love who also left uh so we saw those guys but jose Mourinho does not like to play young players in big games and you could argue any premier league game to him is a big game so uh, I don't know if that means they'll they'll put Ashley Young at left back, which is an interesting possibility. I mean the the idea that um, you know Lester doesn't doesn't want to have control of the ball for a significant amount of the game. Maybe that makes it a little easier to play guys like Fellaini. I mean, excuse me, Valencia and uh, and Young. But I don't know. It's uh, th- they could definitely be exposed. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think there are goals from both sides. Not many, uh, you know, maybe like a one, one, maybe a two, one, but I don't think this is too high scoring. Uh, I do believe that both sides do score though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think and that's right. I would, yeah, I'd be pretty high on Silimani. Uh, might be pretty high on Riyad Mahrez. Cause I think he'll have the ball forever. The person I'm down on though is, um, uh, probably Jamie Vardy. Yep. I could see that. Although, didn't he? I think he scored against them last year. Not that he did. That automatically he did. Means, but so. it's. I think this new system. He's uh, him scoring twenty goals again is unlikely yeah. for me yeah. at this point. Uh, I you know, I, I, you know, if between him and Silimani, who it gun to my head, who would score twenty goals for this Leicester team? Probably Silimani. Do, do you think Zlatan scores? Oh yeah, I think he scores every game though. Like, there's not yeah. a, there's not a matchup we're going into. And I'm going to say, oh yeah, there's no way that Zlatan scores here. That's yeah. how good he is. Yeah. Anybody else from United, though? I mean, I can definitely see Rashford or Martial scoring. Yeah, I bet Rashford. Yeah, Rashford's an interesting thought because, yeah. I mean, he's been playing so well that there's no reason not to play him. Yeah, uh, I mean, those. the thing about Martial and Rashford is they are so quick in tight spaces. They accelerate so quickly out of, you know, any kind of ball, any kind of ball handling that that can cause Leicester problems. I mean, Christian Fuchs has been okay, not great this season. Danny Simpson, same thing. Um, and Wes Morgan and Robert Huth, the last thing they want to do is defend one-on-one when the ball yeah. is not here. Yeah, That's I think the Rashford, last thing you want them doing. I think Rashford will start for Martial. I don't think both of them start. Mm. Yeah, I, so I mean, one of those two, whoever starts, I think they could cause Leicester some problems. Mm-hmm. I agree. <sighs> I, I, I'm still thinking about the Manchester United, like anyone from the midfield that I would even consider. And the answer is no. Yeah, the, I completely agree. Like the Mata is so hit or miss, and who knows if he'll play 90. You're not going to take Fellaini. Pogba is not playing where he needs to play, and good luck if you're going to try to go with Wayne Rooney. Well, and my thing about Pogba is he's not he's not a dependable counting stats guy. He's a peripheral stats guy, uh, which is great in things like Taga, but even recently he's been down on that too. Yeah, yeah. I think if they can get him into a more attacking role, I think you'll see him take more shots, but where he's playing right now is just so you know prohibitive for his game. Yep, they said, uh, "Oh man, see where you played in the Euros?" Yeah, let's repeat that. Yeah. They made it to the final. Yeah. <laughs> I know, it, I fart know. fart noise, just terrible. Okay. Liverpool are at Anfield taking on Hull City and uh, this is a game where we will say it every week. Um, Liverpool, as long as they're responsible defensively, not necessarily good, but responsible, should take care of this one-handedly. They should, yeah. But the question is whether Robert Snodgrass there it can, is. Get late, can get a late <laughs> one. That's the question. Um, yeah, the Snodgrass thing. I can't believe that. Like he's the re- Robert Snodgrass is like the reason I would hesitate on going with uh, with Liverpool, but. The Etienne Capoue of Hull City, if uh, you will. Uh, yeah. Um, speaking of which, yellow, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, if we get into a season-long conversation, I might wildcard this week, speaking of Etienne Capoue and Robert Snodgrass. Um, Are you really? Would you hold on a second? Hold on. Let, let, back up. Would you really wildcard this weekend to I pick think, both of them two up? No, no, no. It's not for them, but they, oh, make, okay. they make everybody else easier to fit in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm gonna wild card again, Capoue and Snodgrass instead of you know 
Hazard and Mares. Um, I think we still have the same problem with Liverpool, though, that you don't. You're it's a dart throw on who scores, except you know somebody will score. But I mean, you, you're more likely to get get it wrong than right. Yeah, but what I'm liking, what I'm seeing about the score sheets on Liverpool is that the same five or six players, they may not, you don't know maybe who gets the goal, but the other ones in those six tend to also get the assists on them too. So, I mean, you can, I mean, there's counting stats to be had for everybody, especially when they keep scoring three or four goals in a game. I don't know if it's um, everybody. I've, I've, I've had Firmino on games where they score four and he does nothing. I've had Coutinho do nothing yeah, when they, whole, I mean, yeah, yeah. You're, you're talking about one person in each game who may get blanked, but the other five will get something out of it. That's kind of my point. You're, you're going to see some distribution of offense. I would actually argue it's more than five. That's the problem. I think it's well, you could, it's seven maybe if not eight like I well I, well no my point is is that let's say if you, in the in the in the attacking six that they use let's just say okay the five midfielders and like yeah, and whoever in Sturridge for example um it's likely that they will either have a goal or an assist for maybe four of them and I think that's pretty good like that's a, I mean yeah, that, that's a you have a you have a two and three chance then of getting either a goal or an assist and that's I'll take that chance. Um, yes, I may get blanked, but I doubt it. Uh, I'm pretty. I mean, I'm pretty good at uh, dissecting styles of play here. Yeah, I. I mean, I got Leicester Liverpool wrong, but other than that, I, I'm pretty good at <laughs> dissecting play. I'm just thinking of the Chelsea game. I mean, we had Henderson and Lovren, who were not of that attacking group, and. Yeah, but you still saw Coutinho get an assist, and you got Milner getting a ton of crosses, but he's not a midfielder. I was going to say Milner wasn't isn't in we'll that group. About, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that. Though. Yeah, I'm just saying it's that means it's Lilana, Sadio Mane, Wijnaldum, Sturridge, and Firmino who were not involved, but they scored twice. I mean that's I mean that's the one game. This is, I mean let's 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 be and honest. They haven't here. played fifty of Hull, them. <laughs> let's be honest. Hall are not Chelsea defensively, even though Chelsea have been pretty bad. Yeah, no, no, I, I agree. I'm just saying, who are you the most comfortable with from this attacking group? Uh, my guess would be Mane. I'm not guessing. I'm asking you who you are the most comfortable. I, 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 you know, you give me five seconds to think about the question. I'm going to come up with a guess. Uh, when you know, give me some time to think about it. I, but my my initial well, gut reaction, now, so. <laughs> my gut, my gut reaction is Mane. But it really does depend on which combination of them start. It's never going to be one all of them. I'll say that because he plays too far back most of the time. Okay. Um, but. But you take one all of them over Henderson. I would take one all of them over Henderson. Okay. It, would you take Lalana over those two? It, for, Firmino's got to be up there too. I think my top two would be Firmino and Mane. Yeah, I don't know in which order, but the, those two kind of separate themselves. Then, then you have the Coutinho's of the world. I think Coutinho's in a tier by himself there next, and then you have everybody else, pretty basically. And where do you put Sturridge? <laughs> I don't. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you put him behind Wijnaldum and Henderson. No, not behind them. Probably. Is he in the he third might... tier by himself behind Coutinho's yeah, that's kind of, tier? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> He's in the tier by himself behind Coutinho. Okay. Uh, just because he won't get any, he won't get many peripheral stats. He doesn't get involved in, in any of the peripheral stuff. He's really just a goal and or assist guy. Maybe some shots. Hmm. Would you maybe say some... that this is the deepest? He, he fantasy... doesn't get enough successful take-ons. That's the thing. <laughs> He'll take people on, but fail. Yeah. Do you think this is the deepest fantasy team? In the midfield, yeah. There's definitely a possibility for that. Because of, you know, Firmino's classified as a midfielder in a lot of places. Um, yeah, probably. Who do you think it has a deeper squad? Uh, Arsenal can probably give them a good run really? for their money. Wow. I mean, uh, he, he, it's because I think... it, all, it always depends who starts, but there's always like, you know, like Iwobi has value when he starts. I, I, um, Iwobi is not in the top eight. On Liverpool, like I think you put Iwobi behind Firmino, Mane, it's Wijnaldum. A, it's a it's a good question, especially <laughs> it's a good question also because the way that Liverpool play, they're probably going to get defensive stats because they will press and they will get tackles, they will get interceptions, uh, but they also may get fouls um, fouls conceded against. But it's I think Man City is the only team that. Is even yeah, that, that was the other one I was thinking of. I mean, Manchester City, they're not that – I don't think they're as deep as people think. They're two or three midfielders deep. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of it's including – I'm including forwards I, just oh, because forwards. it's a whole attacking group. Yeah, that's – All right. Yeah, I mean, they have two forwards. 
or if you want to count Sturridge as a forward. Or sorry, not Sturridge, Sterling. Anyway, it's a good question, and we can we can definitely take people's suggestions if they want to give them on Twitter. Just hit us up. Uh, you can hit us up in three different places. Actually, you can hit us up at our individual accounts at Rotowire Andrew for Andrew at Sports by Gotti for me, or at Rotowire Soccer, uh, where we both tend to monitor the situation there. So, uh, any of those three places, by all means, give us your suggestion. The best depth of attacking, uh, and then also for fantasy. Uh, for fantasy purposes, yes. So to definitely send your suggestions in there. But we got to move on. Uh, we got. Uh, oh, sorry. Let me get. Let me just get one more thing in about here. Uh, do you think? that Liverpool score like enough goals where Jakubovic is no, not useful because yes. you know, they're going to shoot. Okay. Yes. Basically I'll call it the Tom Heaton effect. Uh, can, can they get enough saves to counteract the number of goals that, that they will concede? No. Moving on. Burnmouth at home against Everton. This is a game where it should be ever all Everton all the time. I agree. Yep, and I don't even know if Callum Wilson starts anymore, which is crazy. Max Gradle, who was so good when he played last year and hasn't sniffed much playing time, it's mm-hmm. just, which is frustrating because they're so bad offensively. Yeah, Burt is, and uh, it makes me nervous that they have re- they've regressed to this really defensive style because that's not what got, that is not what got them to the Premier League and. What worries me is that if they continue to do this, they're not good enough defensively either to stay up. This is a team, if they keep playing like this, they will be in relegation contention. Yeah, I think they're still trying to figure out how to replace Richie. And while they think Jack Wilshere is that guy, he hasn't really shown it yet. Uh, Stanislas is definitely better out on the wing. Uh, Jordan Ives the same way. So um... My my whole – here's my opinion on that now. Seeing that you don't have anybody, stop trying to replace them. Do something different. Uh, like adapt to your roster. Don't try to f- force square pegs into round holes. Well, I, th- just I think th- I think they're willing to see if Wilshire can play that role. I think he's there to play that role, and he's played one game, so I don't think they can completely abandon uh, it. At this yeah, point. I, I, and I mean, you know it is only September. Well, the end yeah. of September, so I mean there's time. Yep. Uh, but. It is a worrying sign the way that they're playing now for their overall prospects staying in the Premier League. That, that's, that's kind of where I'm at with, with them. And Everton, if they keep playing like this, they'll be in contention for European spots. I'm mm-hmm. not sure if it'll be Champions League spots, but definitely you know European spots in general. I think that's the goal this year under Koeman, and I think they're going to achieve that. They keep playing like this. Yeah, what's funny is that uh, last year we would have easily like almost stacked Burnmouth players playing against Everton, although I guess they were worse defensively at home than they were on the road. But... Yeah, I, I mean, I guess really the question I have is Lukaku has the biggest upside, but is Morales the best, like the the, the safest pick from Everton? Is it Balassi? What, what is so – well, Balassi probably because he's the most explosive. Um, Morales has been re- consistent in the fact that he either gets a counting stat like a goal or an assist or he gets a ton of crosses in a game. Yeah. Yeah, it's really strange to see, and he's. I think he's still taking all the corners, correct? Even with Belasi there, and even with Leighton Baines now healthy and back. Um, I believe he is, although Belasi has been crossing a ton in open play. So it's correct you know, because Belasi Bil- well, is one of the focal points when the ball gets out wide, which they right. like to do because they like to use their speed on the outside. It's more if so, you're if you're trying to find crosses and you automatically go to the whoever's taking corners, you're not necessarily getting in as many as you'll get with Belasi in open play 19 in the last two games. Yeah. It, for me, it's all about, you know, especially if you're talking about for a daily scenario, it's really all about price. Mm-hmm. And I think you're going to see a pretty decent price difference. Yes. You know, it's about 800 bucks, I believe. Right. Yes. Between Belasi and Morales. So it's really, it's a tough call between those two at that point, because there's really not much there. Yeah, uh, you know, in terms of, it, there's not much there in terms of the difference in points scored, but Balassi's ceiling is so much higher to me than Morales's. Is it though? I, I, yeah, I mean, it is. It is because Balassi has the ball more. That's the reason why. Because he can, Balassi can get take ons. Morales doesn't really do that, um, or successful dribbles, whatever you want to call them. Um, I guess we have Bal- to qualify which which format because, like. Balassi doesn't score enough to have like this humongous upside. I think that will change in terms of he, I think he'll get more assists, you know, as he gets more comfortable and as Lukaku continues to be a scorer. Okay. 
Um, because you're, like you said, he's been crossing a lot from open play. And as long as Lukaku's in the middle, they, they're to convert those crosses. I think you'll see more assists coming from Balassi, especially, but he's getting forward a lot. And uh, you know, those, he get anyone could tap the ball in from six yards out. And I think he's going to get a, a few, at least a few of those this year. Yeah. Okay. So I like, I, I, that's why I think he's more explosive, but also because of the crossing from open play. Morales, neither of them take penalties, Morales or, or Balassi, theoretically. <laughs> So, yeah, that's why I think this Pelosi just has more going for him potentially. But Morales may have a lower floor. Okay. Despite taking corners. Yeah. Well, I agree with you, but because he takes corners, he has a low Morales has a lower floor. But again, it all depends on the format. And then, of course, Lukaku, you love this week. Um, I mean, for me, this is another game where I I, I would definitely if you have them play Leighton Baines or Seamus Coleman. Uh, this is another game where they can certainly exploit the ex- exploit the really underperforming Bournemouth defense. And speaking of which, you know Charlie Daniels has been next to absent this year. Adam Smith has actually been the fullback to have. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Ake has yet to play. So another great job by Chelsea. Um, I don't know why they like ruining young players. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, and those two specifically, a position where you got a lot of points last year, the fullback at Burnmouth yeah. has really struggled this season. Yep. I think a lot of it is that they're just having to defend a lot more. I mean, they were we liked them last year because they were so involved in the attack, and now when you're not able to score, then obviously you have to do a little more defending. It's 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 been a tough it's really been a tough go for any option that you may have wanted from Burnmouth. And a lot of people probably liked Burnmouth at the beginning of the season. I know I did, and I'm I'm getting I, i'm getting ha- i'm getting just brutalized by it I, i've had to drop max gradle from efsa yeah um i mean not that that was like such a real such a hard decision but it's one that i didn't really like to make because i really do like max gradle's game yeah i agree that's life all right let's move on though we've talked about this matchup plenty so the next one we have here is the one of the bigger mismatches probably swansea at home against manchester city Big rumor swirling around the last couple of days is that if uh, Guidoline starts struggling with Swansea, that they already have a ready-made replacement in 42-year-old Ryan Giggs. That's right, yeah. So I, I don't see any reason not to make a move. This team, I mean, I don't know what's going on with that team. They're, 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 as, uh, they're, as, they're as tough as a $2 steak or something like that. <laughs> it's Who just, used that recently? I don't like know. Jim Har- John Harbaugh, maybe? Sure. Uh, it's... Uh, well, it is a. It sounds like a hardball thing to say, yeah. but what's what? What I'm really more getting, what I'm getting at here, really, is that it's it's a team where they have like two fantasy assets that some people may depend on, you know, in Leroy Fair and Gilfie Sigurdsson. Uh, Fernando Llorente is a big body. I think uh, Mo Barrow. As is, I say, your, bo- your boy Mo Barrow has been. I love Mo Barrow's yeah. game. Uh, I'm not sure how much he plays, and that's a problem. Uh, that's why I haven't picked him up in any season-long format because I don't think he's good enough to burn a bench spot in season-long formats where you do have a pretty limited bench. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree, although he, he he hasn't been like a huge DFS option, but he's not bad because he's so much cheaper, um, you know, if you're looking for those and he's forward a, punts. Yeah, well, he's a forward that ha- that gets like he, – he more plays like a midfielder because he does run and get back, so he – He's more of a safer play in terms of forwards because he's a lower floor guy. He may not be as high of a ceiling because he may not score as often as, let's say, like Urente, but he can certainly be more consistent than Urente. Yeah, I mean, he's had at least five crosses in three or four games. He has an assist. Like, I think he's not a bad option. Um, I mean, I feel certainly like not this week. <laughs> I, I, this is this is a time where I really miss. Uh, miss having John Wallen around because I'm sure I could have thrown this to him like, and he'd just be like oh yeah in the last three weeks he's just been this thing <laughs> make us get a lot smarter but uh, it, it you know for for I don't have any empirical proof to back that up it's just the eye test especially the game I saw against Chelsea when he came on as a sub he just he changed the game completely because of his speed Yeah. Uh, but on the Manchester City side uh, if you do not play Kevin De Bruyne in, in daily fantasy you will lose uh, and and furthermore Sergio Aguero returns this week. Uh, David Silva may return this week. Raheem Sterling is still looking like a completely changed player. Uh, Nolito is doing well. Ilkay Gendigan scored a goal. So, yeah, we may have the most stacked midfield here in Manchester. Yeah. Um, 
I think yeah, I think it's up there. I'm not sure which one, which one is the higher, higher ceiling. Just because, like Gundogan's not a huge goal scorer, but and well, Sterling, Sterling is the player that they they thought they were buying when they bought him. So it's nice to see that happening. Um, we talked about it a little bit on Wednesday uh, for a review pod. Do you think they start Aguero and Iannaccio? I don't, but I, I, it wouldn't surprise me. I just don't think so. Mm-hmm. Do you think Leroy Sané gets a start? No, there's no reason. I I, I hope it. I hope. Well, it there's happens. a spot open. They're like somebody. If it's not Iannaccio, then somebody has to start on the wing. Sterling's on one. Who's on the other? Because Nolito's out with a red card. Well, it could be one. Of, like, you have um, David Silva possibly returning too, so it could be De Bruyne and Sterling. Uh, on the... It could be. I feel like they tend to wait on so. Like I don't think they usually start Silva right after he comes back from injury. Yeah, I just it, maybe uh, if Leroy Sané does start, I like him, but I don't love him. Yeah. Like I'm Jesus not going to put my, could be the I'm not, not going to put in my I'm not going to put Sane in my DFS lineup. That's the way I'll put it. I put him in. A, I, I have him on a target team. I'll put him in that in that situation. But that's it. If he starts, you don't. Um, you don't. Play uh, no, him? I no, no, not on DFS. Wow. Uh, because I own him in a season long league. Yes, I'll do that. But that's huh. it. Why? Why don't you? I, like I love Leroy. I love because I haven't seen it. And he's not cheap enough. Like Leroy Sane will not be cheap enough because he's on Manchester City. All right. Just to just to let me see. Let me see how cheap he actually is. Sixty two hundred. That's no. That's too expensive. Okay. Uh, it, it, I mean, I, I didn't. I didn't even really think about using him, but now that I, I looked at his price, no, too much. Yeah. I, 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 I just to let you know, I like an option that's twelve hundred bucks less than him, and five hundred dollars less than him. More. Okay. We'll find that out later, though, in the show. Let's get on. Let, let, let's move on here. Uh, we got to pick up the pace here. But uh, there's some, there are some definitely less interesting matchups. And speaking of, uh, Stoke at home, terrible, uh, against West Brom. Suddenly an offensive juggernaut scoring four times last week. Uh, can West Brom keep the offensive momentum going against what has been the absolute worst team in the Premier League so far this season? Uh, on the In Stoke, where it's probably still warm. I was going to say, it's probably still nice. I, I feel like a lot of people will think so, and I... I'm going to disagree. Like, I think there won't be nearly as many fireworks from West Brom. You mean Nasser Chadley won't score twice and assist twice in the same game? (laughs) I don't think so. I don't think so. In fact, I think Matt Phillips will outscore him this week because of peripheral stats. Just so many of Chadley's value, so much of Chadley's value come from last week came from goals and assists. He did so little else. One was a penalty, which, you know, you can't depend on those, even how bad Stoke had been defensively. Like, I... I'm not as high on West Brom as as I should be based on their recent form. Would you be higher on West Brom's offense or defense in this one? Um, Stoke has just been so bad defensively. I, I just I'm just not seeing like a ton They've of been bad offensively too. They've been yeah. stinking out loud at both ends of the table. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how to read this game. I just don't. I, I just don't see a ton I, I, of goals coming from West Brom again. I read it as a one-nil late goal victory for West Brom. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Like just you know, like a Gareth McCauley header. Ugh. Yeah, right. Yeah. One of those gutted out games. This is a Tony Pulis revenge game too. Yeah. <laughs> just sure. kidding. Um, uh, it's. I mean, you're not kidding. It is a revenge game, but no, it's or not. it's a. It's a a Tony Pulis derby, if you will, but it is not a revenge game. You don't think he's just filled with, like, necessary revenge, no? No. I believe that Ryan Shawcross misses those days because he was actually important during that time. He was called up to England under Pulis' tenure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I think that's the only person who cares about Tony Pulis not being in Stoke anymore. (laughs) Probably. But that's it. So... That's why I think uh, I, I think I mean I did rate Ben Foster as the number one goalkeeper, and I think there's good reason for that. But it's um, you know, like that's really the I think that's the defensive person I would trust the most because Craig Dawson has not been Craig Dawson this season because he's not crossing as much, yeah. probably as Phillips and Chadley. But uh, I think there's clean sheet potential for West Brom there, not for Stoke, not a chance. Um, but we can move on to a, another equally uninteresting matchup uh, of. <sighs> I, I kind of want to say disgraced strikers because Sunderland have Jermaine Defoe and Crystal Palace have Ben Teke, both of whom were cast aside from their high 
high-profile teams to these lower-tier teams. But Sunderland at home, Jordan Pickford had a great game last week. I see he's available on some season-long formats, and I'm wondering why. But Crystal Palace come to town, uh, another team that scored four times last week. And you probably like your usual suspects in Jason Punchin, uh, Andros Townsend, Christian Benteke, correct? Yeah, uh, Yoan Kabai should be back. He played in the EFL Cup this week, or at least he was on the bench. I don't know if he actually played, but if he starts, that kind of takes away a little bit of Punchin's floor. But um, he's been really good. Andros Townsend has gotten um, – I will I will probably make the declaration myself that he's prohibitively expensive on DraftKings at 8800 um, Prohibitive. Means, yeah, like I don't think he's worth that, that much money. Um He's been the most consistent. Just last week, you were saying that he's—you have to start him. He's a virtual must-start. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I was willing to do that at eighty-three hundred on a slate that didn't have as many big teams on it, and I think there are just too many higher upside guys, um, which is a bummer because I really like Townsend. But Sunderland are not good defensively. Yeah, I know. I get it. I get it. I mean. Yeah, I don't, uh, that's I mean, a I lot dropped, of money. That's a lot of money. I, for me. They've been so bad defensively. I dropped one of my favorite players uh, in Laminate in Laminate Kone in yeah. season long format. Um, Just that's how bad they've been. I love Laminate Kone. Yep. No, I get it. I I think if I hadn't constructed my DraftKings roster as I did, it'd be easier. But I um I found it too expensive. All right. So. Uh, on the Sunderland side, I'm assuming that it's Defoe or, and nobody else. Actually, would you would no, you pick, pick would you take Pickford in this one? Um, that's actually an interesting option. Um, there, yeah, I, I would I would definitely consider him. Um, would you take Patrick Van Anholt? Uh, no, I mean yeah. just he's too expensive. Yeah, he's too expensive. You were going to say something. You think there's more on Sunderland than just... No, just the opposite. I actually... I'm not sure I would even take... Defoe's been banged up, too, so I'm not even sure he's going to play. And not that he, like, significantly moves the needle, but he's definitely their best striker. And so uh, if they're going in with, like, an attacking group of Yanazai, Watmore, and Stephen Pienaar, like, I'm not sure... Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. So. Oh yeah. yeah. I that being said, up, like up, with up, that, up, I don't up, think up. Van Anholt gets gets forward enough if if those are the guys that have to have to score the goals against Palace. Not that Palace have been great defensively, but you know it's kind of ineptitude versus ineptitude. Yeah. It. For me, I think this is uh, this is like two. This is like two one three one crystal palace i don't think crystal palace i don't think anyone gets a clean sheet in this one because i don't think either team is good enough defensively right but i do think both teams score and i think it's going to be fun at the end because i think both teams will just be really open Mm -hmm. and um i just don't think that they'll have the the killer instinct to get that final ball to really make it a real runaway game for either team but i do think it'll be fun to watch and at least in spurts okay okay uh middlesbrough or are at home, excuse me, against Tottenham. Uh, this is a game where on paper it should be all Tottenham all the time. But Middlesbrough have proven to be a really hard uh, team to shut out, especially mm-hmm. out on Negredo. So is this a game where – and with Harry Kane out for the foreseeable future, I think it's a, what, what is it, like two, three weeks right now? Um, I, 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 know, kind of being... I know that they said they're going to have additional scans, but right now he's he's just out and they're monitoring day by day. Yeah, it's one of those month, day by day, but like the first news came out, it was at least a month. So like I, it's it's not it's not going to be that quick. I wouldn't be surprised if they held him out through the October international break, which means he won't play till October fifteenth. Yeah, and that also means he won't play for Team England. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, you know. Theoretically, he could return for them, but I don't know. Oh, it's... the club! Yeah, no, they, Tottenham would throw a fit if he came back. It happens. For them. Yeah, they would throw a fit. Um, but for me, it's it, it, we get to see what Victor Jensen can do. That'll be fun. Uh, he's priced appropriately in DraftKings, make him making him pretty much on. You're going to have to know something I don't to spend that much on Victor Jensen. Yeah, for sure. Uh, yeah, eighty one hundred, where you can get Raheem Sterling for less. Um, along with a number of other guys. Yeah, I, um, 
they uh, like we haven't really seen Spurs without Harry Kane. Uh, so the idea that <clears throat> Jansen should be able to like easily slot in and take that role is, is you know, mm-hmm. we just haven't seen it against reasonable competition. Um, Sun had a huge game last week, um, and at least on <clears throat> excuse me on DraftKings, just because he was taking corners, he ended up with 15 crosses against Sunderland. Uh, he did take seven shots though, so that's quite a bit. And then that was that's what he does. His brace, yeah, but that's what he does. He, te- he whenever he gets the ball, he puts it towards the net <laughs> in some capacity. Yeah. So, um, but he's not going to have that kind of floor because uh, last week Eric Lamella and Christian Eriksen were on the bench. So theoretically, at least one of them comes back in. I would guess Eriksen, um, but Son may take Lamella's spot. And then Eric Dyer, Musa Dembele, and Danny Rose are all questionable which means we could see Ben Davies, we, uh, who's been starting for, for Rose, although Dyer played um, left back. Oh, that was that was so yeah. disappointing. Basically, I had in the EFSA team last week where no, the only starting defender I had was David Luiz. Uh, so it was mm-hmm. just, a, just a rough go of it last week for me, trying to get people to start. And then yeah. Callum Wilson didn't start. Yeah, basically, I, I only fielded like four or five players. <laughs> the I don't know what they do in the defensive midfield either if – if Dembele's out because presumably Wanyama will get the start and then they could move Deli Alley back to kind of where he played last year if Dyer has to play um, if, along if the back they, line or if, if he doesn't put, play at all. I'm going to say it now. If they put Wanyama and Deli Alley back there, Wanyama's getting at least a yellow and I'm thinking more of a red card situation. Alley will keep Stuart him Stuart Downing exposed. penalty maybe? Or I guess sure. would Negredo take it? I don't even know. We haven't seen uh, Maybe Gaston Ramirez. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? But – uh yeah, Spurs, like, without – Kane is just the tip of the iceberg in, in terms of their injury problems right now. So uh, I don't think this is going to be the, you know, like a rollover game that we kind of assumed it would be two weeks ago. Yeah, it's – and to be fair, Burrow are pretty good. They're pretty solid in terms of the way they shape – the way that they keep their shape. So uh, they're not going to be intimidated, I don't think, either nope. by, by, by the likes of Tottenham coming to town. So – uh, it'll, that that one will be a fun one to watch in terms of seeing how Tottenham get on with all these injuries. But if they play to form, Tottenham still should pull this one out. But I, I don't think this is more than a two-one. I think this is more like a one-nothing. I don't think there's much in terms of scoring here. I agree. Um, I wouldn't be afraid to start defensive options on either side. Yep. You love your boy Especially George Friend. I love George Friend. George Friend was dropped in one of our leagues. I picked him right up. <laughs> uh, so and I, I'm I'm not afraid of this matchup for for Burrow either. I don't think they're going to concede enough goals to make this. Uh, you know, embarrassing for themselves or from a defensive unit standpoint. So uh, we talked about this enough. Uh, we need to get to such a special event that it happens at least twice a year. It's Arsenal and it's Chelsea and it's on our birthday, Andrew. I don't know uh, who you talk to over at the scheduling office, but thank you so much. Yeah, that's right. uh, this is, this is, this is going to make the day even more special, especially when I will be hammered either in a total joy or total depression by two thirty. Um, you don't think like a boring draw will keep you no, away from the two poles of no, goodness? No, no, okay. No, that, that, that's not that's not how I roll with this fandom. <laughs> don't leave me feeling neutral after a game because they usually do something really stupid, yeah. like not play Michi Bachuai when they're down two nothing. Okay, okay. That really, anyway, uh, this is a game where, especially being at the Emirates, uh, this is a game where. There have been some fireworks in the past, and that's putting it lightly. Uh, usually, you'll see a lot of uh, you'll you'll definitely see some red, and not just on the color of Arsenal's kits. You will likely see a red card for either Diego Costa or some German defender, or may, uh, there's no Brazilian defender, so Paramedo Saka got one. I think Lauren Koscielny has gotten one. I know uh, Gabriel has gotten one, and now Skodron Mustafi gets his first taste of Diego Costa, so <laughs> it's probably his turn to get one. It's right? his turn. That's right. Oh. It, if, if, if an Arsenal defender gets a red card this game, Arsene Wenger should be fired. Like, you know what's coming. You know it's happening. Uh, I have this kind of theory that Wenger is, uh, in, like, scared of Jose Mourinho. And... Especially especially when he's no longer on Chelsea. Well, no, no, no. My, my point is that uh, regardless of tactics or lineup, uh, when he has Jose Mourinho on the other side— uh, he like, he just can't do his job. He's a specialist in failure. And the the Chelsea team that we see is a Mourinho side, but Mourinho's not there. 
And so I actually am a little more confident in Arsenal than I would normally be in an Arsenal Chelsea match with Mourinho on the on the sideline. Uh, in all seriousness, I think Arsenal crushed Chelsea. I don't even think it's close. There's no crush. They don't. They don't crush. Oh big yes. Teams. I, oh no 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 no. This is going to be like Manchester City last year, where it was like three one, but that was flattering to Chelsea. The three mm. the three one. I don't think this one. I don't think this one's even close. And it's not because of our. Uh, it's not because of necessarily anything Arsenal. It's because of just how bad Chelsea have been. Um, defensively and not then they don't change yeah so I don't think anything's going to change and as long as things don't change they won't change and Arsenal are too good with the ball to be stopped by that defensive unit so who's the best fantasy option for the game oh Alexis Sanchez Alexis, I, don't yeah. I don't even think it's close okay um, I, I, I mean you could put I don't even know if I'd put Hazard next uh, I, you know Ozil could have a lot of chances created if you play with that format and crossing uh, there's just Ozil Arsenal, hasn't been crossing that much at no, all, really. But he'll have the creative influence in this game that he. Mm-hmm. I hope I like, Chelsea just can't repel them. They just can't. Uh, they, they don't have. They don't. I mean, they have the personnel. They may if they change shape, they might be able to have it, but they just don't have it right now. Mm-hmm. And also, they're not playing very well. And Arsenal are. Yep. So, it's uh, it's just I think it's a case of timing and a case of. You know, just that there's a there's a there's a style mismatch here, and if 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 Giroud plays up front, is he is he slated to come back from that toe injury? Uh, he he is, but I don't think he starts because of it. Okay, because uh, I was saying if he started, I would actually like Giroud a lot because I think he can cause David Luiz and, and Gary Cahill all sorts of problems. <laughs> um, there's talk that about that's a rare statement. There's that talk, is a rare yeah, statement. sure is. There's talk about Cesc Fabregas starting. What do you think about that? Is it for is it for Oscar, who I asked you very oh, candidly say. the other day if he's good? That, yeah, uh, there has been no indication who it would be for, but it sounds <laughs> like there, there is no indication of whether Oscar is good. Yeah. Oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, but if if Fabregas starts, how do you feel about that? It's another defensive liability, but it's someone who will. It's someone who can go forward from like a four-one-four-one instead of it. the problem. The problem is this: um, if you start him and Oscar, one of them two like to have the ball. Now, I don't think that, that that's a problem when Oscar not having the ball because I don't think he's very good. Um, but it's it, you need to only start. I think you can only start one of those two. If you start two of those guys, I don't think it works very well. That's kind of that. That's the short answer of what I'm yep, saying. Yep. Um, because one of them two will have to get back when they're playing defense in the four-two-three-one, and I don't think either of them are any good at it. Yeah, Fabregas, I, Oscar. I and, would assume it's for Oscar, because otherwise it's Willian or Hazard, and you're not going to bench those guys. Or Modic. Um, that's the one who I was thinking that they could possibly replace if they yeah. take Modic out and play Fabregas next to Conte. Yeah, that and seems Gold. that seems too exposed defensively yeah so that's kind of, i mean that like i said that's that that's my answer to that question but in you know spinning it towards fantasy wise if fabregas does start i'm still have no interest in him right because you're chasing assists he won't score okay um he won't even shoot like even if there's an open net he'll pass <laughs> so it's um just no he doesn't and and i don't and he won't take corners he'll he, at best he'll split corners with William. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm so just not enough there for Fabregas. Okay. But for Arsenal, um, you know, if Iwobi starts, I like Iwobi. Uh, I love Alexis Sanchez in this game. I, if Giroud starts, I would love Giroud in this game. I would take zero defenders, though. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't take I wouldn't take a single defender or goalkeeper from either team, yep. especially not Cotois. Yep. yep. He is, like you said many times, he is a very overrated goalkeeper. I think goalkeepers in general overrated, Cotois particularly. I agree. Any kind of fee they can get, ship him off. <laughs> It's this just not Spanish talk is so funny to me. Like, well, no, well, it's of course he's it's, just it, it comes off to me as just so incredibly weak that like he's struggling and he's like, but you know, I just I just love Spain so much and the food and the people. I just loved it, and it's like you're like, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? He's trying to go to Spain, and that's why Asmir Begovic is still on the roster. Yeah, because I'm sure they're going to let him go at some point. Yeah. Um, 
But I think I think that would be just fine. Okay. Was there any kind of a wager you would like to make on this game? Um, I hadn't thought of it, but I yes. I Stay guess. tuned on Twitter. Sure. Stay tuned on Twitter. We'll make some kind of wager. Yeah. But we need to get onto the Sunday slate as we are starting to run long on this podcast. We haven't even gotten to our DraftKings Daily Dose yet as my cat knocks over my remote control. <laughs> okay. Uh, West Ham are at home against Southampton. Because of the podcast taking too long. She's getting frustrated. Uh, West Ham of the terrible defense of and losing another option on defense, oh. Arthur Masuasco, who's been the best fantasy player on that defense. He's been pretty bad defensively, though. Um Man, this is a great game to own Southampton players. If Shane Long can start, I'd love him. Uh, basically, whoever starts at forward for Southampton, I like them. I love Deuce Santadic in this game. Uh, I really like Deuce Santadic in this game, and I probably didn't rate Deuce Santadic high enough in our rankings. Hmm. Yeah, I um, we we did our rankings before um, the Masuaku injury came out. Not that, um, not that I think things would drastically change, and I don't think any of us actually were that high on him, but, um, they, the problem that I have is Southampton haven't really been all that great uh, attacking wise. Uh, I wish we had at least seen like one game where they like really crushed somebody, but we just haven't seen it yet. And I think part of it is that, uh, the guys who are up front haven't figured out how to play uh, effectively enough. Like we, Nathan Redmond started off well and then has completely fallen off. Uh, Charlie Austin's kind of here or there. Shane Long's the same way. Like they they don't have the finishers um, that make me really confident that they'll that they'll crush West Ham. It's more that I'm playing the West Ham defense than I am the Southampton attack, and I don't always love to do that if I'm really looking for points. I would have no problem playing the Southampton attack. I mean, I was actually the first thing I did when we were on when I was on the DraftKings page. And I was looking for Southampton. I forgot. Oh, wait, Sunday. Sunday, yeah. They were the, they were my go-to. I would also take um, like Cedric or not Ryan Bertrand. He doesn't cross enough. But I would take Cedric in this one too. Okay. Uh, I just because Simon Zaza has been he's been energetic. He's been he's been full of pace too. But he just hasn't scored. Yeah. And he hasn't really led the line very well. Um, I like his energy though. I think he's a, a decent presence up there. But it's you know another Ener Valencia. Potentially, yeah, yep. But <sighs> frustrating to watch West Ham, considering I really tipped them to really do something <laughs> this year. I also thought they were going to try and get Benteke. To be fair, yeah, well, they tried to get, they did try to get him. They tried to and get everybody. Carlos Baca. Yeah. They tried <laughs> Lacazette, and yep. They, yep. They, yep. it's been really disappointing to watch. And uh, it, 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 it hurts me. I like. I mean, I like when West Ham are good. They have a good atmosphere um, around the club, and it could turn pretty nasty if their defense is bad again this week. Agreed. Agreed. Um, and who knows who will start. I assume Sam Byron will get a spot back. Um, Arbaloa is going to probably start, which means one of them will be on a side that they don't usually play on unless they bring on some, like, 14-year-old kid who is the Reece guy. Oxford. Right. Uh, but he's not even really a – He's a center back. Yeah, he's not going to be able to play out wide. And, I mean, at some point they're just going to pull, like, the bubble guy out and have him play. It's it's bad. It's it's really bad at West Ham defensively right now. Yeah. And offensively, to be fair. I mean, they, they if, if Dimitri Payet and Mikel – if one of those two, Payet or Antonio, were not there, oof. Yeah. They're just – oof, bad. Yep. Just bad. I mean, they'll turn it around eventually. Uh, I have confidence that West Ham will not be the second to worst team in the Premier League for the rest of the season. Yeah, but um, I don't think it's this week. Southampton have been playing too well. Yeah, it's also early. I mean, we um, Slavin Bilic said that Aaron Cresswell and Andy Carroll should be um, training fully after the international break. So, like, they're they could be fully loaded by mid October, end yes. of October, and there's a ton of season after that. So. Yeah, Andy Carroll shouldn't train. He should just go right onto the pitch. Yeah, just minimize the times he can get hurt. Exactly. Uh, what I do like about what the Premier League is doing now, the more the more eleven o'clock games, uh, because that leads right into the NFL seamlessly. Mm. Just perfect. Just it is nice. Perfect. All right, we have a Monday night game as well. This one's going to be a real barn burner in that you'll want to burn your barn down when you're watching it. Uh, Burnley at home against Watford. Oh my God! If I didn't have to watch it, I wouldn't. 
this just looks like a terrible game. What do you mean? You get to watch your boy Tom Heaton on Monday Night Football. Against your boy, Etienne Capoue. Yeah. <laughs> um, Daryl Yanma's out, so I think your boy Zuniga might get a start. About time. Actually, I don't want him to start at right back. He was great as a midfielder. Well, well, they play... Put Bryce Jaw JJ at right no, they, back. They play the three in the back, so he'll play... No, no, I'm saying like no, like, like put, put Bryce Jaw JJ as the wing back. I don't care. Oh, like, just Zuniga will be there. He'll be all right. Uh, no, I liked him as a midfielder. He was great in the center of the park. Hmm. Uh, anybody from Burnley you would consider other than Heaton? Andre Gray. Really? Stephen Defor? Maybe. No, no. I mean, like maybe Andre Gray. Maybe. But you better believe it. If I if, if I was able to take Tom Heaton again in DraftKings, I would have. You could. You can play him Sunday Monday slate. Yeah. I, well, I, I, out of these four goalkeepers, yeah, absolutely. It's gonna be. It would be Tom Heaton. There's a win cap- possibility here. There's a clean sheet capability here. Uh, I don't think there's as much of a save possibility, but who knows? But Burnley tend to give up shots. You think there's more of a chance that he gets a, a clean sheet than makes a number of saves? Yeah. Really? Again, I'm not buying. I'm not buying the offensive juggernaut of Etienne Capoue. Wow. I will go down with the ship. I don't care how much it sinks. Like uh, if he, if Capoue scores 20 goals, I'm going to say there's no way he scores 21. <laughs> like, wow. I, I just I I am not buying it. I'm just not. I am being extraordinarily stubborn and ignoring all facts. Okay. I also did that for Seamus Coleman last week, and it worked out handsomely. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, speaking of working out handsomely with that regard, uh, let's get to our DraftKings lineups this week. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the week, I am now only down by one game against you. It is two to three in your favor. <sighs> I think I've changed up my strategy enough this week. I've actually really changed it up. I'm going to see so, see if uh, you know we can shake up this, this result here. So uh, I, I kind of went with something last week. I'm going to keep going a little bit over the top and see uh, how I can work this even more. So... Uh, I will start here. Uh, I I actually have um, I have a one goalkeeper and I have three defenders. However, I really only consider one of them a true defender. Okay, one of them is obviously James Milner. That is correct. Yeah, uh, I spent thirty six hundred for Glenn Johnson because he has returned for Stoke against West Brom. I don't think that'll be a big game in terms of goal scoring. And I think Glenn Johnson has the opportunity to get a couple of crosses in, yep. maybe get forward a little bit, scored seven and a half points last week. I'll take that for 3,600. Uh, yes. James Milner, uh, who really plays as a midfielder. Let's be honest. Um, no, he's playing he's left play- back. I know he's playing left back, but he plays like a midfielder who gets a lot of crosses. Yeah. Particularly. So uh, at 6,600, that is expensive, but I'm it really is. thinking of thinking of him more as a midfielder than a, than a defender. Yep. I think he has midfielder output from a defender spot at a midfielder price, though. Okay. So with that in mind, uh, in my utility spot, I have Ahmed El-Mohamedi uh, mm. only because I feel that Hall will be chasing this game, which means that he'll have to put in a ton of crosses. Yeah, I like that call. I like that. He was excellent two years ago when they were still up and uh, uh, 5,000. That's that's a lot of money for 40, defenders. Yeah, 4900. Yeah, I put in a lot of money on defenders and my goalkeeper is Martin Stecklenburg for uh, for Everton against Bournemouth. That just they've been too good defensively to give up a goal to that team and by saying that it's going to be 3-3. Oh, it's 5000 for uh El-Mahin. Oh, you're right. It, yeah. it is 5000. He was 4900 last week. Yeah. Sorry. Ooh, wow. Um I also have Milner. I also have Johnson uh and what? I also have 3 defenders um oh man how are we seeing this the same way this is so weird um johnson's just way too cheap uh overall like he's not a tremendous option but like you know for 3600 bucks you can get anywhere from eight to ten points and you'll you'll take that every day and milner i agree that i think that game will be pretty up and down and um if there are a lot of corners then he'll take them the other one I have is a total dart throw, and I admittedly have stolen this one from Alex Spaulding's article on our site. Um, <clears throat> he touted Patty McNair at 3,200 because McNair played um, basically as an attacking midfielder in their EFL Cup match this week, and he scored twice. And I don't really care if he scores or not this week, and obviously 
uh, playing EFL Cup is much different than the Premier League, although we did say Palace have been pretty poor defensively. Uh, they basically 3,200 for an attacking midfielder. Like you would take that every time. And all he needs is a few shots or whatever he does to, to pay it off. So uh, if he doesn't start, that obviously puts me in a very tough spot. Yeah. I mean, I'm basically going into the center back goal dart throw range with guys like Cahill or uh, John Stones. Um, well, it also depends how much money you have left over. I have 200 bucks left over, so I can get up to 3,400. No, not much. Um, but again, I, I, you know, obviously I have an entire lineup to tinker with, although I'm hoping not to. So three defenders for me as well, although two of them are 3,600 and below. That's that, that's, that's like one of my strategies. <laughs> we'll see. Um, speaking of up and down, I paid 6,500 for Robert Snodgrass. Oh, look at you. I'm stealing I'm a coming page around. out of my phone. Yeah, I'm yeah, coming around. Right. Um, All right. So how many midfielders do you have in total? Uh, technically three, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, three. Um, one I'll play in the forward spot. But um, I Snodgrass at 65 I found to be much easier to build around than Townsend at 88. And uh, I, I, I tried to figure out the rest of my lineup with – Townsend in it and the other guys that I have I think just provide a little more than it would than Townsend and the whoever I would have to have on my team to Claudio Jacob and guys like that like I I just saw that Snodgrass and then I also have paid 5,000 for Alex Iwobi uh kind of putting my money where my mouth is t- from last week that I said I thought Iwobi would be a better fantasy option than Mesut Ozil. and I think Arsenal should be able to to score against Chelsea, and he will be, hopefully, will be involved at five thousand. So uh, I have four midfielders, so I pick zero forwards. Okay. Um, I have Kevin De Bruyne at ten thousand one hundred. I have Andros Townsend at eighty eight hundred. Uh-huh. And uh, since you know, I'll just do both of my forwards yeah. as well, who are both midfielders. Uh, Nasser Chadley, I have at fifty seven hundred, mm-hmm. and I also have Iwobi at five thousand. Yeah. Um. I also have De Bruyne. I put him in one of my forward spots, and I have Aguero. Um, <clears throat> I, when I was filling the Milner spot, Milner was basically the last one I had, actually. Um, the possibility of Jesus Navas starting has me thinking I may go with him. Um, I'll have to tinker a little bit with Iwobi or Mil- and or Milner to do that. Um, but I don't know. The... The opportunity to have so when we were talking about Townsend, I'm like eighty eight hundred is a lot. It's a lot because I spent twenty six on twenty comma six hundred on Aguero and De Bruyne. Yeah, uh, that's I, I yeah I understand what you're t- what you're doing there because you basically you couldn't take Townsend because you took Aguero because you knew you were going to take De Bruyne right? Was that like uh, I actually first, was that, I was the was other that the first name on your sheet or no? Aguero was. Aguero was the first name on your sheet. Yes. Okay, Maya. So he was. I tried to do that, the De Bruyne and Aguero combo. I just couldn't fit it because mm-hmm. um, I really also wanted Townsend. I wanted. I really wanted all three of them, but I, I just couldn't say, fit those, it. All those three uh, are. You're handicapping yourself so much for the, the rest of your lineup. Correct. And this is not a format where stars and scrubs works. So like you can't just have three players and then get a bunch of minimum guys and hope for the best. You just can't. Um, sometimes it's okay. I mean, you there GP, it, in GPP in a big tournament. Yes, if you hit yeah, on all yeah. three stud guys, yes, that could work. Yes, but when it's just B versus you, unlikely. Unlikely yep. that will work because we're, we're we are good enough where our team will hit a certain threshold of points every you know pretty much every time. Hmm. I wish that was the case. You just wish maybe, the threshold was one more lineups, than me. That's really – yeah. That, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I aim to hit like 90 to 100 points. That tends to win a lot. Um, I guess. No, sorry. No, I, didn't mean, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean, I didn't mean 90. To, that, that, that's, my, that's my goal in, in Taga. I apologize. Uh, 110 to 120 is what I try to get here. Um, okay. I think that caches sometimes. I don't think that caches enough though. 110 to 120 – when I when I join like you know I'm not talking like GPPs I'm talking like you know like ten ten person like fifty fifties or whatnot yeah. 
Yeah, that one ten to yeah, one. Cash line, def- yeah, is lower. Yeah, sure. I, t- I, t- I tend to get in the cash in that point. Okay. Uh, you know, fit, you know, you know, head to head. That's really more of that. That can be a crapshoot, to be fine, to be honest. Mm-hmm. It's really all depends on your opponent. Yeah, but I mean, you know, yeah, when, certainly when, one... when there's when there's a group of opponents, one ten to one twenty. Yeah, that's that should be really enough. what you should aim for. Yep. Fair. Yes. All right. On that fair note. Uh, we should we should depart from this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I know that John Wallen wants to try to try to live tweet me at some point, so look out for that over the weekend, uh, specifically tomorrow. Uh, it's going to be an interesting day for me. And if you follow my Twitter at SportsByGotti, uh, I apologize in advance for any incoherent babbling and or misspellings. <laughs> and um, this is probably we're, we're be used to that by now. Well, that's true. Uh, expect a lot of uh, a lot of gifs or a lot of gifs, whichever way you'd like to pronounce it. Uh, so expect a lot of those and much more coming up next week and going forward on the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Good luck, everyone. Stole it from you. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com/soccer. They're going to kill the love of my life Daisy! if I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain for love. Collide in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13. Maybe inappropriate for children under 13. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com